Hey guys, Adam Fennig here. And Cody Cisco, And you're tuned in to the Talk and Shed podcast. And uh, today, Cody and I are of course together again. And uh, we're kind of driving around uh, Ohio doing a lot of things today. Um, walk us through it, Cody. Uh, yeah, so basically we headed down towards east of Columbus here this morning. Left about 6.30. Um, <clears throat> stopped at a guy's place uh, in Mary's, well, I should say just east of Marysville and, uh, looked at a potential trade, uh, looking at trading in on a new J&M applicator and then, uh, had some parts to deliver in the meantime as well. So we headed, uh, headed east again, uh, got east of Columbus, went to, uh, uh, guy's place, delivered, uh, he's rebuilding his, uh, turbo till, so we had some spider wheels for him and then uh he was redoing his uh beam planer as well so i had to get him some serrated blades for his case planer um and then we went to uh one of adam's guys and uh got him some salford blades and uh some coil holders i don't know what you call those things yeah basically our first stop this morning cody and i met at the shop this morning at 6 30 we loaded up the parts uh, stopped at Marysville. We went all the way down to Buckeye Lake, and then we went uh, just south and east of Buckeye Lake. From there, we went up to Fredericktown, Ohio, to look at a potential Salford trade. And now it's about uh, three o'clock, and we're heading back towards the shop. We'll get there around five. But today is December second. Um, how in the world it's December already? Um, that's not even fair. I yeah, mean, uh, this, this year flew. It's yeah, crazy. It seems like uh, corn was just turning not too long ago, and here we are about to turn the calendar. Um, today is the fourth day of the Ohio gun season. Um, if any of you guys out there are still trying to put your tag around a buck, of course, you still have the second weekend, and then you've got muzzleloader, and heck, if you're a bow hunter, you got till mid February. Yeah. So, um, there's still time. Yep. I myself am still looking for a buck tied to a tree to <laughs> wrap my <coughs> tag around. So yeah. Yeah. it hasn't happened yet. But, um, no, good things happening. Uh, you know, today's been busy, not only on the phone, and uh, but seeing trades. Mm-hmm. Cody and I receive phone calls several different ways. Uh, if a guy calls into the office there, Cassie or Amy or Kelly will... Uh, then patch that call out to either Cody or Seth or me or Kevin. And then uh, I get a lot of the tractor house calls. I get past customer calls, of course. And then Cody gets uh, calls, some from tractor house, some from uh, the office, uh, everywhere. Existing customers, yeah. Yeah, so we always have feelers out there where uh, phone calls or and texts and emails are coming into us all the time. So a lot of times it, it works out well for two salesmen to ride together, not only when you're out seeing customers, but delivering and um, being able to bounce ideas off of each other yeah. and stuff as, as we're driving around. But uh, we've been busy lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, first topic of discussion uh, next week, we've got our open house. Yeah, at the uh, Nova 
Nova store. Uh, we got an open house. I believe it's uh, Thursday through Saturday right. of next week. I'm not sure the dates on those. but It'd uh, be the 9th through the 11th. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. A week from today it mm-hmm. starts. Yep. But yep. I know Seth and Tammy are excited. Yep. Uh, we got a new location up, up there, of course. If you're anywhere near Northeast Ohio, you need to get to Nova. Uh, Machinery Pete uh, and Doug Majors, who would be our Ohio Machinery Pete rep, he is uh, sponsoring coffee and donuts for everyone for the the duration of the open house. So shout out to Machinery Pete mm-hmm. and uh, and Doug for doing that. We really appreciate it, and I'm sure all of our customers who are going to be there will also appreciate it. So come have uh, have a meal have uh, coffee and donuts depending on what time of day you get there mm-hmm. and uh we've got a large inventory of parts and whole goods up there yep and uh yep i know we i we got tanks up there salford parts all kinds of stuff up there so. yeah <laughs> it's it's awesome you know whenever we teamed up with seth and tammy probably three four years ago now already mm-hmm. um you know, we didn't have really a location at first, and then we rented one, and now we've got a permanent home up there. It's a beautiful location, beautiful shop, beautiful uh, inside. It, it's clean and organized, and uh, yeah, Seth it's, and Tammy are doing a good job. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's just an old general store that was there, and it, it they they really have uh, turned it around. It, it's it looks it's it looks really really nice. Of course, we can't forget about Jake. Yeah, Jake, Jake's Jake. up there mm-hmm. uh, turning and burning too. Yep. Uh, he knows a lot of guys, and uh, Jake Beck, he's up there selling for us as well. Mm-hmm. So he's doing yep. doing an awesome job. Um, so yeah, that's on the list. And then from there, we go into uh, also next Friday. We're going to be moving into the Indianapolis Farm Show. Yep. Yep. You and me and uh, Kevin are going to be doing that on Friday. We're taking the uh, display stand trailer and uh, yep, meeting Kevin down there. And I don't know what else we're going to take down there. We got a 50 by 40 booth or something along those lines. So I don't know what we're going to have in there to be honest. But uh, yeah, they, they moved that trade show. It used to be there at the fairgrounds, mm-hmm. the Indiana State Fairgrounds. Yep. And that now, show was kind of dying off really. But yeah. Um, now it's at the Colts practice stadium. Yep. Just um, north of there. Uh, probably about an hour. I can't think of the town that it's in. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe up there by Tipton or something. But uh, yeah, something like uh, that. Yeah. It'll be good. You know, I'll, I'll be curious. That was one of the shows that was honestly on my list to scratch off. But we'll see how this year goes. Um, but uh, it's, it's at a pretty good time of year, really. Yeah. You know, yeah. mid-December. If guys are needing some tax purpose spending, it's a great farm show for that. Yeah. Um, but other than that, that that's one that's really not well attended or yeah. hasn't been in the past. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully that turns around. So a lot of things coming up uh, in the near future as far as shows and open houses. Um, that farm show starts the following week. Yep. Um, so it'll run like Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday through Thursday, yep. I think, of mm-hmm. the of the following week, which would get us into mid December already. Yeah. So yep. a lot of things going on there. Almost um, the second week of gun season, then. Yep. Yeah, that weekend would be. Yep. So. But uh, yeah, from there, um, 
I got a few different topics I'd like to uh, touch on here, and we we briefly talked about December sales, and uh, over the you know with our podcast we're getting both farmer listeners, salesmen of different company listeners, mm-hmm. everyone listeners from everywhere, but um, you know. In December, it's known as a hot month. It's when a lot of farmers are making purchases. Some of those purchases are because they want to make sure they get it in time for spring. Some of them are because they have to make a tax uh, purchase uh, for write-off reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in the past, I've had a lot of experience with guys rushing their December purchases. Um, I urge everyone... Even if you're, if you go to the accountant December twentieth, and he says, "Boys, you, you need to find something to spend about forty thousand dollars on," um, don't just go to Tractor House and search equipment for forty thousand dollars or less. <clears throat> um, you know, find something, make phone calls, and, and find something. Find that hole in your operation that needs filled. Maybe you uh, barely got all your groundwork to head of the planter this year and maybe uh, a larger Salford tool you got a 24 footer this year and a 30 footer would be a good bet mm-hmm. you know make sure you're making uh, sound investments and, and most of us do uh, but I have had guys call in December 31st and just want to know what we have on the lot for $25,000 yeah <clears throat> um and I know there's not many guys of our customers. We deal with some awesome farmers. But if you know you're going to have some, some spending at the end of the year, and maybe you haven't met with the accountant yet, give us a call, and, and we can talk through your operation. Maybe it's a Yetter Devastator. Maybe it's uh, a new fertilizer applicator. Maybe it's you need to trade your BBI spreader. Um, we can talk through your operation and see what voids you need to fill. Maybe you know that you can get better emergence on your bean planter, but you don't know how to do it. In the back of your mind, you're thinking you need to trade to a, a new Kinsey 3660. But really, we can help you just put some row cleaners and closing wheels on there. Yeah. Maybe make a sounder decision. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Instead of just jumping right into it and saying, oh, well... It, yeah, a new planner doesn't always equal better right. uh, emergence. Exactly. Or, you know, maybe you think, well, I've got a a 24-foot Salford 570. I just need to get to a 30-footer. And maybe you're right, but I would I would consider the new 5-inch spacing tool as well. This is the 7.5, yeah. Right. So exactly. there's a lot of those options that I urge you guys um, to be, be, thinking, be thinking about that stuff now. Yep. Give us a call. And, and just say, hey, guys, I know I need to do better in the fall managing my residue. What should I do? Where would you advise me to focus on? Well, I'd say, uh, you know, what kind of tillage tool are you running? And do you, do you have, have a devastator? Do you yet? have a yet or devastator? Yeah. Um, or maybe it's, hey, I'm planting heavy beans this spring because of high input prices. What do I need to be looking out for? Well, we need to look at some row cleaners. Yeah. We need to look at some closing wheels. You don't necessarily have to trade that planter off. Or, hey guys, I'm spending a lot of money on my 28 fertilizer this year. How can I best use that stuff? 
Well, if you're running a colder knife option today, we need to get a good rate controller on there, and we need to get triple threats on there. Yep. Maybe look at that yep. Yetter innkeeper to seal that stuff off. Yep. Instead of throwing all your eggs in one basket, you at least have the triple threat there to at least know that your plant's going to get some sort of nitrogen somehow. Right. And I know guys cringe at the thought of putting nitrogen on the ground considering how expensive it is, but you also need to realize where does the plant need it? Where is it going to absorb it? Well, depending on what stage of corn you're in, your, your roots aren't going to get to your knife, your knife nitrogen in the center of the row until it's too late and it's already washed away with having the triple threat you got the dual option there right so as you're thinking through the month of december you know we got christmas in there and then that gap between christmas and the end of the year it's always a fury to find equipment for some guys who need to drop some money don't get yourself backed into that corner we've got equipment available today Mm -hmm. figure out roughly what you need to spend give us a call and we can help walk you through some different options that we've got how we feel in our experience with farmers uh and prescribe you the best equipment yep so that's my advice to guys here in this podcast think about if you have to spend money on equipment give it some deep thought on what hole do you want to fill and how can we help fill it give us a call before you call to make the purchase and and we can walk through some options for you um you know from there um just a lot of different topics to talk about on this podcast but i get a lot of calls on guys wanting to know uh valuing trades you know they they've got a trade that they want to trade into us and and they say you know adam i have no idea what this thing's worth or or how do I value this or maybe I want to sell this piece on Tractor House by myself and not trade it Um, you know Cody you've ran into we kind of did this morning Uh, farmers will admit that they don't always know maybe how to sell their equipment Mm -hmm. in this market there's no question that they can get more money out of it doing that oh yeah absolutely I mean right now it's definitely a, a, a seller's market right now I mean you know guys are buying stuff left and right right now and it's just you know say you got a 10 year old applicator or something along those lines and you paid 19,000 for it back in 08 or something along those lines I, I bet you you could almost get out get out of it what you put into it already and basically right. it wouldn't have cost you anything to run it so it's right yeah it's just when, one of those when my advice to farmers if you're looking to trade equipment with anyone Mm -hmm. before you even look at um the the new piece just go on tractor house and get yourself familiar with with your existing tool what is it selling for brand new today what are the used ones selling for that you've got let's say you've got a five-year-old piece so what are the 2016 selling for what are the 2021 selling for and there's a difference between advertised price and selling price okay when we know that if one is listed on tractor house for thirty thousand, doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to bring thirty thousand. um so we need to decipher all these numbers um and then of course if a dealer's trading it in He's going to want to make a little bit of money on the trade too. So, if 2015s are, are bringing 25,000, a dealer won't be interested in, in 
giving you much more than 20 for it. By the time he sits on it and takes a trade on that trade, um, so have have your numbers. When I go to look at a piece of equipment of a farmer's, I always ask him, "What do you want to see out of that out of that price?" Everyone knows what that thing owes. Them. You know, is it done and paid for and it's seen ten thousand acres and it doesn't owe you a dime? Or do you maybe have a, a one-year note left on it yet where you still owe on that piece? Um, you know, or did you, did you get it bought really cheap five years ago and, you know, virtually any number would make you happy. So know in your gut not only what it's worth today, but what number it's worth to you because those are two different numbers. Um, so I always ask a guy, you know, what do you want to see out of this? Give me, a, give me a place to start. Most of the guys will say, well, you're the expert. You you give me a number. It's like, well, I can. But, you know, ev- everyone has a different number in their mind. Some guys, they may only want five grand out of it. Some guys want 35. And, um, so figure out what you want, Yeah, I think, is, is my other advice to guys. And and don't be afraid to list it on your own. Tractor House is a great way. We've done that many times, haven't we? Yeah. And we've even done it for farmers, you know. that They don't like what we have to offer them, you know. Hey, well, I tell you what, I can at least try to help you sell it, um, you know. So, basically, we list it for them on Tractor House, take a couple of pictures of it, put it on there. And then uh, you or I or somebody receives the initial phone call. And then once it comes down to, you know dollars and coins you know it's then it's like all right well now we pass it off to you and that's just how that works yeah um, and and we've ran into that quite a few times to where it's worked that way right so right yeah um from there you know it's uh just do some research is my suggestion and and call some trusted guys that you know that maybe own equipment similar and and go from there to get a good value but uh, yeah, you know, a lot of guys have been talking about fertilizer inputs recently, and of course, that's been the hot topic for next year. Yep, they're through the roof, mm-hmm. and everyone's locking in prices because it oh, they like they say it's just getting higher and higher. Well, in my mind, I've always wondered, well, it only took X amount of months to go up this high, there's that many months left for it to go down. Yeah. What happens if a guy just calls the bluff and waits it out and hopes it's cheaper by spring? We talked to a farmer this morning yep. who's laying that card. Yep. He's not locked in a, a, an ounce of fertilizer yet, mainly because he doesn't have the storage to do so. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's playing the game. He says, well, what it is in the spring, it is. And, and you know, if I have to plant a bunch of beans, I will. Um, is that a good option I know all the guys I've talked to have locked in I've talked to very few farmers who have not locked in some sort of fertilizer input for next year yep who's going to be right you would think with everybody locking it in right now it it only makes sense for it to come down whenever it comes to buying time because if they're sitting on some you know is it you know well I, I don't know you know, a lot of the inflation and stuff we're dealing with now, shortages. Right. Not all of that is, is completely true, in my opinion. 
some of it is self-made shortages in order to be able to jack up the price. Right. You know, slowly turning that faucet down tight to trickle parts out or, or trickle cars out to keep the value up. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's talking about fertilizer shortages, this country, banned exports, and, and yada yada. And, and that's likely true. But surely there's enough time. Today's December to uh for that stuff to come back down um you know of course you're going to want fertilizer sooner than what you plant but you know i feel like if i were in the shoes if i farmed 2,000 acres yeah it would certainly be uncomfortable but you've got options you don't have to grow corn no you don't have to no no one wants to cut beans though for two months in the fall no that's not fun but uh, if, if if the inputs stay at where they're at, I mean, yeah, it'll suck cutting them, but you're going to have a crop, and if you already got your bean, bean bushels locked in at a certain price, you know. Well. Some of them. And that, that's the thing, though. Guys planted corn at $3 right. less. Surely they're going to plant corn at $6 with high inputs. Right. You know, anhydrous is 1400 or some a ton. Mm-hmm. Th- that's the thing. Uh, but if it were me, I think I would... I don't know that I would pay that. Um, you know, I think I would find either... Either see how many beans I could plant. Um, but I would I would wait. Wait it out and mm-hmm. see what happens. See if this fertilizer comes down. Um but I don't know. I found it interesting that we ran into a guy. I thought it was worth talking about. Um, get everyone's mind turning. Um, I know there's some guys who bought fertilizer cheap enough to where they could make some serious money to sell that stuff back today. Oh, yeah. Now the question is, well, then what are they going to do to feed their crop? Well, they probably could make enough money to get pretty dang creative with some ground that they got. Yeah. Whether, you know, whether they go majority beans or... Or, uh, heck, you could honestly see how much you could yield with very little fertilizer and sell the fertilizer, profit off of that, and harvest 120 bushel corn next year with no fertilizer. I mean, it ain't all about chasing the yield. you got to chase the ROI. Right. And if you can sell fertilizer that you bought for a third of the price today, sell it, double your money, mm-hmm. plant corn, put hardly any fertilizer on it whatsoever harvest it at 120 you would probably make more money than what you would buying fertilizer today and trying to chase yields because of course the 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 silver bullet is what mother nature deals us next year we could exactly. we could fork out all this money in in fertilizer to feed the crop she turns dry and it's toast yeah well i know especially in our area i mean this year was an optimum year to grow crops I mean it was an optimum year to grow crops okay so we don't we don't have that every year we have years where we're putting nitrogen on all of our corn and stuff like that and we're only getting 150 bushel an acre so it, I, I i definitely see your point there it, it makes some sense for some guys if they already bought it early if they bought it real early on turn around sell it back make some money there yeah do some corn that isn't Yep. It yields 110, 120 bushel an acre. Heck with it. Yeah. Send it. 
Yeah, I mean, of course, depending on what you've got contract currently and right. all that, every, mm-hmm. every farm's different. There's going to be guys listening to this saying, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. Well, you're probably right because every every story is different. But, right. uh, yeah. you know, if a guy's in that situation, uh, I'm just saying we need to look at ROI, not necessarily bushels, because they don't always equal the same thing. Mm-hmm. You can raise 100 bushel corn and make more money uh, than what a guy that raised 300 bushel did everyone's aware of that Mm -hmm. but uh something to think about i just thought it was uh it was odd that we ran into a farmer not odd in a bad way just uh there's not too many guys i know of that don't have fertilizer bought and hey it got me excited because i was on his side of the fence he said i'm i'm going to ride it out and i said man i i like that i like that mentality Mm -hmm. and uh, i say ride it out as well see what in the world happens yeah okay from there, um, you know, we talked about farm shows, and uh, in other podcasts, we've talked about the uh, how much merit they hold today, um, and whether or not farm shows are, are going to be necessary down the road. Looking at our farm show schedule, Cody, what what two farm shows would you tell guys this winter if they're looking for something to to go to? What farm shows would you tell them to go? Um, Louisville, definitely number one. Don't miss that. Show. Don't miss. <laughs> yeah, go to that one. Go to that one, and uh, I would probably say you'd have a good chance. I would say Fort Wayne would probably be a pretty good one to go to. Those would be my two picks as well. Mm-hmm. Fort Wayne Farm Show, and now of course, granted, I'm talking about people in our local area, right? You know right. the the. PA farm shows going on right now. Mm-hmm. The Peoria farm shows coming right up. Yep, that's uh, of here course, next week, I believe. Right, yeah. of course, guys out in that area, um, that may be a great farm show for them. But here in Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, Michigan, you need to be hitting the the Fort Wayne. That's mm-hmm. one that's not getting scratched off the list anytime soon. Yep, and then the Louisville farm show. Yep, um, some like this Indianapolis deal. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't get too worked up about that. Um, kind of see what the cards deal there. Well, I know. Really for us, to right. be honest. I don't. But. I can't suggest that one to someone else at this time. Right. But uh, from there, those are really the only two. If you're looking for places to go this winter to, to look at new equipment, to maybe get some new ideas and talk to vendors, circle basically Valentine's Day for the Louisville Farm Show and circle mid-January for the Fort Wayne Farm Show. Those are both my favorite, well-attended, awesome crowd. Um, the hours of, of uh, operation are awesome for those shows, and uh, those are good. But, of course, I'm always deciphering how farmers are engaging in and uh, digesting media, you know, how, how are farmers, you know, if a guy wants to buy a piece of new equipment, where's he going? Mm-hmm. I, I need to know that, you know, what's my best outlet to connect with him? Maybe for some, it's this podcast. Yeah. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, is it tractor house? Is it Twitter, YouTube, YouTube, mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, which one is it? And of course we've got our website, but it's hard to throw a dart and hit them, but I think if you're really good at all of those, then you can get real serious about crossing out farm shows. Mm-hmm. Some of these big guys, deer, 
um, even Case are are pulling out of these big shows, and I can see why. Mm-hmm. When you've got good social media presence, um, and you take care of your customers throughout the year, you do some maybe small seminars. I know deer dealers do combine clinics and. We're going to be doing some planter clinics this spring. Mm-hmm. But if you constantly engage with farmers throughout the year, why do they need to travel to, to see the, the equipment? Now, granted, when you're going to the Louisville Farm Show, that's just a whole different ballgame. Right. That's that's like going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, you could watch it on your TV, yeah. but who wouldn't want to go there and see it live too? Right. Um, it's just something you got to see the... Uh, the Louisville Farm Show, in my opinion, they've got the tractor poles. They've got more equipment than you can lay eyes on in a day, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's a different ball game. But overall, farmers are not getting their information or the bulk of it from farm shows anymore. Mm-hmm. And no, it's it's a lot of it's YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is. Guys are watching it on. Right. That's where they're getting it from. And then they come and talk to you, and then they want to see the tool in person and work and all that stuff. That's how that stuff works anymore. They're, I don't, I, I, you know, that's, you, we're definitely on the right track as far as the whole farm show thing. Yes, it's, it's something to do, especially during the winter. But uh, the ones that are in these, like, late August time frames and stuff like that, I really don't see those being a very big benefactor to where guys are going to be attending those very much longer. Right. I mean, you know, we always have to have feelers out there to get guys interested, to get them to call, to for them to find our equipment, see what we do. And we've got those feelers out on all platforms. I mean, you can find us anywhere easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and you got to have those out there to keep the calls coming, to keep the customers interested, and, and let them know because we deal with so much new ideas, new trends, new equipment. Um, you know, guys will call all the time, and say, "Oh, I, I didn't know you had that. I didn't know that was an option, or is that a new product?" And you know, if you only showcase that stuff once a year at a farm show, you know, you would never reach anyone. Mm-hmm. And so I always have to keep my nose to the ground, my ear to the ground, listening and seeing where are farmers digesting this stuff. Is it in uh, the you know a farm journal magazine? Is it in um, you know Ohio AgNet newspaper, or is it on the radio? Mm-hmm. Um, but I constantly have to be alive and, and awake and, and smelling and seeing those new ways uh, to engage with the farmer. You know, I do the email blast every Friday. Um, maybe that's a great avenue to keep in touch with guys. But um, that's something that, that does keep me up at night is, is wondering, am I hitting these guys enough? Are they finding our equipment? Are they seeing the stuff that I've got on auction time right now? And how how can I get this stuff in front of them better without being too intrusive? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's where I was going with that. I guess, uh, you know, talking with farmers on the phone and at farm shows, I'm getting the same vibe. Uh, They're watching our YouTube videos. Absolutely. I'm I'm here to tell you. Yeah. So, um, you know, that that brings us to my next question. Uh, I got started, granted, like nine years ago, and you've done the same thing a little bit, but my question is, does does that lead to the statement that, 
potentially cold calling, you know, going out on the countryside in your truck with some literature, is that a thing of the past? You know, where you can maybe only reach X amount of guys in a day. You know, we, we were in front of probably three or four farmers today, and we're going to end up putting in an 11-hour day. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure your dad's going to hate to hear this, but I, 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 I truthfully believe there, there, do, there is some good to go in front of an existing customer, talk to them a little bit, be calling them and doing a cold call like that. But stopping at a guy's farm, you know, just randomly stopping in, saying, "Hey, what's up?" You know, what, how, how's things going today? You know, it's, I, I don't know if that's uh, going to be a thing in the future or not. I mean, I know that's old school. Well, I can tell you, Dad would say that's how he built the business. Yep. And, and my question would be, if you don't stop in there and he's not a current customer, how are, how will he become a customer? true too and I don't have the answer I don't have the silver bullet but I think you got to have a mixed bag you know I think going out and it's different for every salesman because you know you've got Jake and Seth and Tammy that that they're in charge of building the northeast region Mm -hmm. right so they're going to have to beat on doors yeah um you know I take a lot of tractor house calls I deal with nationwide Mm -hmm. um so you know, it's not likely that I'm going to visit a guy in Nebraska that I sold Anhydrous Bar to. Right. Um, right. Sure, I do have a rough territory, but once you stop at guys' places enough, you're on a texting basis. You text them, call them every now and then. They kind of text you when when you need them. Now, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, we did some cold calling today. Yeah, it was at an existing customer, mm-hmm. but for me. When you get a lead, so like we just did it today, we did it twice. We had a guy show up yesterday, Cody talked to him on an applicator. Yep. So we went to their farm today to look at their trade. Yep. That right there, when he showed up, that was an invitation to come to their farm. Yep. It made sense. Mm-hmm. We would be fools to not go to his farm. Yeah. So we did that. We went there today, looked at his trade, talked to him for 20 minutes about his operation, and hopefully we can come together on a deal. Yep. <clears throat> the Salford that we looked at today, same thing. I had a lead. They're interested in making a change. We went there, looked at their tool, and gave them options. If you do not go to their farm after the lead, you might as well forget the sale. Yeah, you might as well rip it out of your book and throw it in the trash. It is not happening. You can't do it. You have to go to their farm after you get the lead to let them know that you're interested in taking the next step. Mm-hmm. But... Yep. I am up in the air on on sending a guy out in the countryside with some pamphlets and saying, here you go, stop at every farm you can. I've done it. I enjoy that. I really do. But where I struggle with that is this Friday, tomorrow morning, I'm going to send out an email blast to 5,500 emails. And, of course, we have an opening rate of 30 to 40%. So... You know, we'll have 1,500 to 2,000 people actually open that email. Yep. But what I'm getting at is before I get to work tomorrow morning, close to 2,000 people will have gotten live information from vending equipment. Yep. Whether it's our newest video, this podcast, pictures of in the shop, Cassie's recipe, it's going to hit them right in the face and they're going to open it. Yep. 
you could send a guy out on the road and in a week he might be able to talk to 25 farmers especially this week it's gun week in ohio yeah deer season you won't find a soul good luck yeah you'd have to go look for orange vests instead of grain legs (laughs) yeah but he'd be asking you to help him go hunt right you'd have to drag some deer for him but what i'm getting at is you know it it does work great in certain areas but i think you got to have a mixed bag you got a cold call You've got to have an active social media presence. You've got to answer the phone, call them back, and do everything. You you can't just give up on cold calling, right. but you also can't just cold call. You've got to have an awesome mixture of bags, and I think that's that's where the sale the salesman of the future is is extremely well rounded. He's got to answer phone calls coming in from Tractor House in the office. Yep. He's got to go make a half a dozen cold calls guys we've never talked to every week yep. he's got to go see a dozen farmers that we've already dealt with every week yep and pretty soon every week he's getting in front of 20 to 50 customers and you take that times 52 weeks a year you're turning and burning right there yeah you will have more work than you even know what to do with because these farmers are hungry for good quality salesmen to show up and be right there when they call. Yep. If you can do that, it's game over. The, the farmer has now found a salesman that he can rely on, that can give them support, and is willing to show up and provide and deliver on what they promise. Yep. Yep, absolutely. There's an art to that, and I have not perfected it. But by talking with Jeff Worley and Dave Gunkelman and several other salesmen, that that's what I've came to find success to be successful. Um, you gotta you gotta have a mixed bag. Yeah, you just gotta throw it all in one pot, stir it up, and say, "All right, this is what we're doing today." Yep. This week we're co- or this day we're cold calling. This yep. day we're gonna go have five scheduled meetings. This day I'm gonna do nothing but follow up on quotes from the first day of cold calling. Yep. And then I'm going to make random phone calls to customers I've sold to in the last six months. Mm-hmm. You do all that, and man, you are going to be busy. Maybe that's why there's an equipment shortage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it could be that. Could be. It could be. But not everybody does it the same way we do either. No, I mean, you know, I, I don't know of too many John Deere guys out cold calling or even leaving their office to be honest. Yeah. Um, that chair's a little too comfy. There's there's some good ones out there. There are. Don't get me wrong. There are. But uh, of course I, I like to make fun of them a little bit. <laughs> I like to poke at them. I mean they wear green underwear. Yeah, that's right. But uh, no, they're they're good guys. I know a lot of good deer guys. Um, but uh, you know from there um you know, there's. We talked about the big trend in anhydrous out west. Uh, I think really the the only reason that I mean we sold probably close to ten toolbars out west, Kansas, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. That was mainly because they can get their anhydrous for a lot cheaper rate if they take delivery this fall. Well, the only way they could take delivery is if they actually applied on the ground. So they did that. They saved a lot of money. By uh, by pre-planting it, so that was another topic that we talked about in the last podcast. That the only reason I brought it up is I figured out exactly why we were selling so many 
many anhydrous bars out west. It, it wasn't because everyone was switching from liquid to anhydrous. Some were, but they were getting great fall delivery prices. And if they don't have storage, they have to apply it. Mm-hmm. Out there, you can apply in the fall. Yep. Boom. There that you go. That ground they got out there. It all kind of came together. And instantly, anhydrous bars at Fenny Equipment were a hot item. So that's how that all came together. Yep, and then turn around this week, and then... Now... <laughs> 28 bars. Liquid. <laughs> Liquid. Liquid 28 bars. My gosh, I don't know. We probably sold four or five this week, and yeah. we're, we're lining up to sell a few more for next week. So yep. it's... So. Um, and fertilizer applicators, big, uh, big thing of what we do, whether it's the, the BBI spreaders, the... J&M liquids. J&M's just down the road for you listeners that don't know. J&M Manufacturing, they ship those grain carts around the world. Yep. Uh, they're located right here in our back door. Fort Recovery, yep. Ohio. They're yep. just south of us, maybe five miles or so. Um, so we sell their applicator line. And we sell more applicators than any other dealer in the nation. And uh, we know that product well, and it's a, it's a great product. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just uh, good quality and uh Good people. Good people. They, awesome service. Yep. And they, they treat us well. Mm-hmm. So we're happy with them. But yep. I know we were everywhere all over the board on this podcast, but I wanted to give you guys some things to think about. Um, I do have lined up our first guest uh, on the podcast. Uh, hopefully, we're going to get him done next week. You strip till guys and no till guys and nutrient placement guys. You're going to love our, our first guy. Uh, if you've ever heard of Joe Nestor, um, we had him in our shop probably two or three years ago doing a strip-till clinic. Joe's extremely uh, informative, educational, uh, and he's got a lot of um, a lot of time invested in the game, and uh, he's got a lot of experience. So Joe is going to talk with us about a lot of different topics. So I'm excited to have Joe on board. So stay tuned for next week's podcast to listen to joe so yeah that's all i've got here for today i think it was a good podcast some good conversations yeah not only you know i wanted to shy away from talking about what we do or about fending equipment or about about equipment in general and talk more about what we see with just talking with farmers in general across the across the board right yeah absolutely and yeah i mean as far as that i mean it's it's fun. I mean, we wouldn't do this podcast if we weren't having fun. And uh, you know, not everybody can say that about their job that they do. So, but at the end of the day, uh, thanks for tuning in, and we appreciate it, guys. Yeah, tomorrow is Friday. We're heading to Cody Johnson concert in Columbus. If any <laughs> of you guys are music fans, Cody yeah. Johnson's one of the best there is. Yeah, he's a Texas boy. And uh, he's coming up to the fairgrounds. So yep. I'm willing to bet there's going to be some farmers there that we know listening to so. Cody Johnson. Yep. So that's where we're headed tomorrow. Then over the weekend, I don't know, I might go sit in the tree stand, see if I can't shoot a doe, get some meat in the freezer. Um, so, yeah, that's all I've got. Thank you guys for tuning in, and stay tuned for the next podcast. Yep.